Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we are wrapping up our series on staying strong, and it's also our series on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to deal with the last few verses of that chapter today, which are the last few verses of that book of the Bible. It's a very short book in the New Testament, but it's got a lot of stuff in it that's really valuable and meaningful for us. And actually, you would think that just as um, this letter to the Thessalonian church is is wrapping up that Paul wrote it to the church and the, the last few verses would just be kind of a, all right guys hang in there see ya um, it's this is some of the most important stuff I think uh, for us to get out of the letter is these last few verses and it's because uh, I think that we've all had those moments when we have looked at our lives and looked at our actions and become very frustrated with ourselves. Those moments where we we know we're supposed to be better at communication but we keep cutting people off and we 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 do it and then we right after we feel stupid or we leave the conversation and we left going, "Oh my goodness, I did it again. I was I didn't let them talk. I was rude to them. I didn't I didn't bother uh, listening and understanding them, and I just I just plowed right over them in that conversation. I just got so engaged in it that I just I forgot to think about them, and you end up feeling just so frustrated and annoyed with yourself because you did it again. We've had those moments where you you work so hard to get rid of a bad habit, and then one thing happens in your day, and you're right back there. You're right back in the middle of the bad habit. You're right back into that, that pattern because it's not only just you do that dumb thing again, but you do it the next day and the next day. And it feels like you've just gone right back to the start. We've had those moments where you find that you are sabotaging all of your relationships. You just feel horrible about yourself and you feel depressed and critical and you just feel like you're useless and worthless and as much as you try to shake that as much as you try to convince yourself that it's not true or you just come back to feeling bad about yourself we've had those moments where you look at everything in your life and all you can see is the negative those moments where you end up trading people, trading relationships, trading your values for money or entertainment or uh, instant gratification. Those moments when we give in to temptation, we give in to lust, or we give in to greed, or we give in to covetous. We have those moments where we start listening to gossip again. We keep putting ourselves ahead of our spouse or our kids. We lose our patience. And we have these things that we're aware of in our lives that we don't like, that we don't want. And even, even the self-condemnation, we hate how we, we beat ourselves up over it. 
And we see these things and we see them as problems and we get stuck in them, we get trapped in them, and it feels like we are defeated and it stuck, feels like we are doomed to repeat these negative things and these things that we hate about ourselves and these things that are destroying us and destroying those around us. And I know that I've looked at myself in these moments and I hate, I hate it. I hate the sin in my life. I hate the failures. I hate it hurt. I hate when I hurt people, when I mess up and I, and I do the things that I shouldn't be doing and I actually do damage to other people. Those moments when I'm yelling at the kids, when I know that I just need to be patient but I can't help myself and I give into it. And I leave feeling like a bad dad. I feel like I leave like I'm a bad husband. I feel like I'm a bad pastor. And I just fail. And I give in to sin. I give in to temptation. And I hate it. I want to stop it. And some days it feels like I just can't. And I feel like we all have those moments. We all have had those experiences where there is stuff in our life. And I'm not going to just say mistakes or frailties. I'm saying sin. And there is sin in our lives. We just can't shake. And we hate it. We hate that it's in our lives. We hate that it exists. We hate that we do it. But we do it all the same. But we also don't seem to be able to get rid of it. Well, this is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 to 28. This is what it says, okay? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, make you holy, complete you, return you to the image of God, make you express all the good things of God. May He sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace, the blessing that goes beyond what is needed, the, the, the blessing that is, that is not deserved grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, I don't know if you caught it. I tried. I tried to emphasize different pieces and explain some of the words as we were going through it. But I don't know if you, if you caught all, all the bits and pieces in there. Where Paul is saying, God himself, may God himself, not, not your pastor, not your spouse, not your kids, not your neighbor, not your boss, not so-and-so down the street. May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you. Sanctify is that word that means to make you holy, to return you to the image of God, to re restore in you those broken parts, those parts that make you like Jesus. May, you, 
sanctification, being sanctified, the process of being sanctified is the process of being remade in the image of God, remade in the image of Jesus so that we would live like Jesus, so that we would have the attitude and the heart and the actions and the life of Jesus in us, that we would be living like that, that when we are in the different situations in our lives, we act like Jesus would in those situations. That's what he's saying. May God himself do that in you. And he says, may your whole, whole, complete spirit, soul, and body, not just, not just the, the non-physical elements and, and, and not just the physical elements, the physical elements, the, the mental elements, the spiritual elements, may all those parts, every bit of it, all of you completely be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord when Jesus returns. That's a ways away. Maybe, it might be tomorrow, it might be right now, it might be in a few years, we don't know when it is. But he's saying, may you be kept blameless until that moment. May the, the one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Paul's not, he's saying, he's saying God himself wants to change you to be like Jesus through and through heart soul mind body every bit of you and he's faithful and he does what he promises and he's going to do it he's going to finish the work he wants to do that and he is coming to do that and he is doing that now and he has come to do that work in you and then he says, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all people with the holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to read this letter before all the brothers and sisters. And so there's another element here. Not only is he saying you as an individual, God has this message. He has this purpose. He has this plan. He wants to do this work in you as a person completely. Every part of you as a person is supposed to be changed into the likeness of Jesus. But not only just you as a person, but Everybody, this message is for everybody. This isn't just a message that you keep to yourself. This is for all the brothers and sisters. You're supposed to share this. You're supposed to read this. You're supposed to spread this around. Everybody that is willing to hear this message, this is a message for you that God wants to see you and change you and fix you and make you like Jesus. That there is no one, there is no one that this message can't apply to. And there is no aspect of you and your life that this can't apply to. This is for everyone touching everything in your life. God is saying all those things, all those sins, all those temptations that you continue to fall into all those broken attitudes all those broken pieces he's saying i want to fix those i'm going to fix those those things can be changed you can have victory in every part of your life and that is available to everyone that follows christ
I don't know about you, but that is one of the most amazing, that is maybe the most amazing thing that I have to hold on to in my life. Most amazing thing I've ever heard. That those broken, corrupted things in my life can be fixed. And there is no part of me that God can't and won't fix. It's like you're doing laundry and inevitably one of the kids or your spouse or somebody has taken their socks off, bunched them up, thrown them in the laundry. You dump the clothes in the washing machine, you miss that one sock, or you're doing a bunch of towels and sheets and something gets tucked inside one of the sheets, you go through the wash, great, you throw them in the dryer, you go through the dryer, you pull them out, and all of a sudden you realize that there's this bunched up wad of stuff that's still wet. Or you find that bunched up sock, and instead of it having been washed completely because it was all bunched up and folded up, only the outside of it is washed, but the inside is still filthy, grimy, dirty, and it's all soaked because it went through the washing machine, it got washed on the outside, but the whole thing absorbed the water and then you threw it in the dryer, but the dryer only got the outside of it. And sometimes we are like that dirty, bunched up sock. We can go through the washing machine, we can go through the dryer, but there's still all that junk inside of us. Well, God is saying, what I want to do is I want to take that sock and I want to unbunch it and then throw it in the wash so that it is washed completely and dried completely. That's the God we serve, is the God that says, you know what, your life is sometimes like that bunched up sock, but I am capable, I am willing, and I am here working to unbunch it and make sure you are clean through and through, that you are dried through and through. See this small, this small passage at the end, at the end of this, this short book has this incredible implication. And that's that holiness, Christ-likeness, is for all of you. Let me say that again. Holiness is for all of you. And that means both all of you that are listening, this is for you. And it also means that every part of you, this is for you. This is for that part. Holiness is for everyone. It doesn't matter how many times you have messed up. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up after trying and messing up and trying. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter who you've hurt. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you've been with or who you haven't been with. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Your past, your present, your, your, your sin, the, the, how, how big of a sin, how small of a sin, how many sins, it doesn't matter. This is for you. If you're hearing this, this message is for you. Holiness is for you. And holiness is about everything. And that God and His Holy Spirit can have such control and such power in your life that things change from the inside out. That money doesn't end up having 
power over you, but that you become generous and, and joyful in giving, that you actually become joyful when you don't have the things that other people have and that you can be content and really content and not just like a made up content or a, oh, I'm just, I'm being apathetic about this thing, but no, God can actually change you to such an extent that you find joy in not having what other people have and not in a self-pity thing. It's just you are totally at peace content fulfilled you're actually content because you're full not apathetic that he can change you to such an extent that you can have this deep crazy desire to understand your spouse and your kids and be filled with patience and understanding and selflessness where that can actually take over so much of your heart and so much of your life that that springs up from inside of you naturally, that that becomes your first response. That becomes how you think, how you act. That your kid does something stupid and you are patient with them. And your wife starts acting selfish and you respond with understanding and care and honesty, but not greed or violence, or hatefulness, but understanding. He's saying that this, he can change you to such an extent that the temptation stops becoming unappealing. It loses its taste. It loses the thing that, that you enjoy. It's like when you're younger, you really enjoy Taco Bell, and then as you get older, you smell it and you go, that just smells like an upset stomach. And you don't even want it anymore. It's become unappealing to you. And he can change you to such an extent that that temptation to those things, those sins that you used to have control in your life, just they don't have the appeal anymore. He can change your attitude and reactions to such an extent that instead of being frustrated and angry with people all the time, you, you are filled with empathy and sympathy and care and patience. Now, your personal value becomes what he says and becomes completely disconnected from your appearance, from your reputation, from your performance, from what people say about you think about you and is solely solely based on what he thinks of you and how much he loves you you can have he can change you so much that your hope and faith become these driving passionate forces in your life that they make fear and stress and anxiety just dreams and whispers. And they no longer become the driving forces and the controlling factors in your life, but instead faith and joy and hope become defining features of who you are and how you live and how you think, how you process information. God wants to change and touch and bring healing and holiness, Christ-likeness 
sanctify every part of you through and through. And He's faithful. He will do it. He'll take your life that's that bunched up sock that you think you'll never get clean. And He's able to just open it up, wash it, dry it, and have it completely clean, blameless. And keep it blameless until the very end. Paul ends his letter saying, this is the hope I have for you. This is the reality of following Jesus, that holiness is for all of you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. This is for you. Holiness is for all of you. And it it can touch every part of you. Your emotions, your minds, your family, your job, your money, your habits, your, your, your hobbies, everything can be changed. But you've got to expect it. You've got to pray for it. And as the Lord calls you step by step, you've got to trust His process and you've got to follow step by step by step. And so I encourage you to do that. That holiness is for all of you. So follow Him step by step. Because He's faithful. He'll do it if you follow Him. And you'll see that He opens up your life. And those parts that you thought were always going to be filthy get changed, get restored, get healed. And you can actually live like Jesus. Not by your power. Not because you're doing something fantastic. But He is faithful. And He would do it. Because holiness is for all of you. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.